definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. What is crack-a-lackin'? Happy Hump Day. Good morning and welcome on to the End of the Bench on 100.7 The Score. 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. For us, as always, by Happy State Bank. Alongside Jeff Axton, I'm Choice Woodman. Lucas White across the way taking care of us as usual. You are more than welcome to join us. Whatever thoughts, comments, questions, allegations, accusations, hopes, dreams, rankings, whatever you want to get in, bring them in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Through the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Less than 20 days away from Christmas. Still working on getting Hax in the uh, in the mood. I don't think he's watched Christmas Vacation or erected his uh, bedroom Christmas tree yet. No Christmas tree, period. None? Okay, now you're just like Scrooging. Bah humbug. Well, okay, I'm also blaming your wife. It's kind of, call me old-fashioned or, I don't care, chauvinist, whatever. I It is kind of the wife's job to get the Christmas tree up, in my my uh, opinion. Like okay. they're, they're kind of the ones that are supposed to initiate. Like, man mm. in charge of outside decorations. Yeah. Uh, women okay. in charge of the interior decorations. So what is your wife doing that's keeping her from uh, getting the Christmas tree up? For- I don't know. It's It happens every year. I but you it's put like, it up on the 24th? So it's like could, the 15th. So you could put some presents under it? I guess. I don't so know. Sandy we're, yeah. we're never home for Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, I miss every Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then we go up to my folks' place in Edmond for Christmas. And I don't know. It's just... You know, uh, two days ago would have been the perfect time when I put gobbles up, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't make myself grab the tree. So, uh, and then you have the opposite of that is uh, the other side here is uh, the 15 year old. Uh-huh. She has had her Christmas tree up since September. So, so there is a tree up in your house. Yeah, it's in my just daughter's in her bedroom. Room. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. September. September. Well, you know what? I can't say anything. 105 outside. Uh, My daughter keeps hers up year-round, so she's got this pink tree in her room that she has year-round now. I think that might be where we're headed with her. Yeah, so I've given up on uh, any sort of control or, you know, illusion of control, but uh, we do have more garland up now. It's not on the floor anymore, and uh, there's some... Some decorative and shiny balls on the garland as well. So, you know, we're we're getting there. Getting in the Christmas spirit. No, we're not. 19 days out, Hex. I'm sure your shopping's done, too. So Okay, so, no. I don't know. Okay. It was, it was so, a sarcastic of it. Dear, I, I've ever said. I, so, I, I tease this for you here. Okay. This, and I, it, The funniest part is in the first 10 seconds. So, here, take a look at this. This, this pertains to the... Uh, actually, it's completely different than what was being... No, it's the same. I thought it was a wreath. Here, take a look. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my 
my gosh. So, uh, what Hax is showing me on his phone is yesterday, it was our, uh, our great ladies here in the building, uh, Liz and Catherine both <laughs> putting the garland up. The Liz run here. and the Catherine dive <laughs> make Liz for a heck of like, a video. <laughs> Catherine just yeah. hits the floor. Going it, full it, on. Uh, reminds me of Pam Halpert. What's the name of the band? I always miss this one. Drowning Pool. Oh, let the bodies hit the <laughs> let floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. That's what Catherine did. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay, first four texts in. You guys never miss. Misogynist Woodman back at it again. Shelly says, Choice, no one was waiting for your permission to call you a chauvinist. Uh, <laughs> sh shiny balls, horse name. Shiny balls, horse name. So those are our first four texts of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, I shouldn't have given the option there. Just old-fashioned is better than uh, chauvinist or misogynist. But, you know, we're getting there. Hey, we got a basketball game tonight. There's that on the uh, the docket. More important than that, the Charger makes its triumphant return today. The dragging Charger will be back. So it's it's alive, fully alive. It's alive. New transmission. Wow. New all kinds of stuff. It'll be in my possession this Worth afternoon. There. Yeah. All right. I thought it was dead. It is not. Lazarus is back, baby. Oh, Laz. <laughs> White Lazarus. Have you seen a line for tonight? That's what I'm looking at right now, or attempting to uh, to pull up Probably right like now. Twenty five or something. Well, is that your prediction? Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, seems a little hefty. I I would get I would have guessed nineteen tonight. Okay, and find it. Twenty and a half. Twenty and a half. Over under one forty three and a half. Okay, Which basketball over under sir. Too much math for me, especially so. when you have a, a Texas Tech team that can shoot, <laughs> yeah, and make fifteen threes or one or two threes, or one or two, yeah. So, which makes a difference when you're trying to bet an over under. ESPN's uh, basketball power index gives Texas Tech a ninety five point seven percent chance of winning tonight. Uh, were some interesting games in the league last night. Elsewhere in the uh, in the league is uh, Kansas State got a buzzer beater against Villanova. At home, that's a big difference, though. Getting to play a team at home versus versus on the road. That was an overtime win for uh, K State. Um, Oklahoma State went down to the wire, lost to uh, the Salukis. So they are three and five now in non-conference play. Thought it, thought it might have been three and six now, but maybe you're right. Just three and five. That's what it shows. Unless the unless CSPN's left one off, but they lose to. Southern Illinois was that at SIU? Was that Southern Illinois? Why which are they again, doing that? I, I mean, I'm not saying you like shouldn't. I just curious. What, well, they what's just, the win? Is my they? My I question. don't know. I don't because you're giving up basically a home game for your fans. Well, they they did. Play they played Southern Illinois at home last year and lost. <laughs> so they sign up for a home and home and lose both. To a Missouri Valley school. Now, Southern Illinois, over the years... They've had good teams. They can ball. but Salukis. And that's that's why you don't put pen to paper on that. You yeah. just don't play that series. It, well, yeah. Or if you're going to do a... Like, it's a 3-1 to one or 4-1 to one if you're ever going to go there. With a team like that, there's no reason to do a true home-and-home. Home. I, I, I don't know. 
Uh, Kansas beat Kansas City last night. Baylor beat Seton Hall. That was a fairly impressive win, 78-60. BYU beat Evansville badly. Maybe I should tap the brakes on this BYU team and saying that they're a pretender. They look pretty decent. OU beat Providence fairly heavily. OU's now 8-0. What is going on with this league? We'll, uh, We'll dive in because we'll have our inaugural, at least for this year, edition of Tears of 12 for basketball. Tell you where we think these teams are uh, in our packing order. All that's still coming today. we got headlines for you next. It's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score. Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. It's time for a few headlines. What you need to know, part of the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. Choice Woodman, Jeff Haxton. Hanging out with you here in the First United Bank studio till noon. Uh, we'll start the headlines off with what happened on the hardwood last night, and that was a Lady Raider win as they took out Sam Houston 93 to 60 to move to 10 and 0. Hacks, the Lady Raiders are the first team in the country to get to 10 wins this season. Played so, a lot of ball. They're have... way behind on the men's side. <laughs> we have seven games mm-hmm. right now. Play the eighth tonight. Uh, yeah, Lady Raiders 10-0 and now after the win. It was a little tight early, but uh, definitely stretch it out in the second half. Jazz Shavers leads the way with 22 points in the contest. They'll be off for uh, eight days now as they'll play one week from today. And uh, we'll square off with Incarnate Word for the Education Day game next Wednesday. So... A lot of screaming kids coming up next Wednesday. About Turn up the volume. 11.30 a.m. in that one. Uh, Red Raiders are back in action tonight after a five, uh, I guess, six-day furlough. They will uh, be at home against Omaha. Tip-off for that one is slated for 7 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll preview it a little bit further for you. Hex can tell us what to expect from the Mavericks. You'll hear him and uh, Clarky on the call tonight at 6. High School Fan Zone, yours right here on 100.7 The Score. Coaches from Friendship, Lubbock, Cooper, and Liberty will come into the first United Bank studio, talk about their teams, uh, and then uh, following that at 7 o'clock, we'll have Cowboys crosstalk to uh, preview a pretty big game for the Dallas Cowboys this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles losing their touch? I don't know if it's a midseason lull or if it's a real kind of decline. So, really, since they played the Cowboys close mm-hmm. in Philly, they haven't played that well. I, I guess they've had a lot of close calls this year that they've won most of. So, they found a way, and then they just got hammered by the 49ers this past weekend. I think this weekend tells us a lot. Cowboys haven't lost a game at home, uh, I think, 14 straight now at home, dating back to last year. So they've been really good at home lately. Uh, And then the Eagles are still have the best record in football. So we get to learn a lot about both of those teams this weekend. And the Cowboys can uh, jump into a tie for first place in the NFC East standings. So... That'll be previewed tonight on Cowboys Crosstalk, 7 o'clock on 100.7 The Score. 
NBA Spurs at the Timberwolves at 6.30. Rockets versus the Thunder at 7. Mavs Jazz at in Dallas at 7.30. Uh, NHL Stars play the Panthers at 6 o'clock tonight from Miami. That's about it for the headlines. Not just a ton going on. Uh, y'all can keep chiming in. Big 12 lost a coordinator. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a big headline that I should have brought up. Um, a big coordinator. This isn't just a uh, some guy you didn't know at Cincinnati that's that's left or got fired. Or this is Colin Klein leaving his alma mater at Kansas State to go down and be the OC, same position at Texas A and M. I was pretty surprised by this because Colin Klein turned down the Penn State offensive coordinator job last week. So I was surprised once he turned down that one, which Penn State is a better job than Kansas State. I think most can agree to that. A&M, I think most would view that as a better job than K-State, but after he turned down the Penn State one, I was shocked to see him accept this one. So probably a pretty hefty bag of cash that's that's the oh, difference yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Massive. I have no idea what that number will be. We'll be able to find out eventually. Uh, but it's it's got to be a really, really nice raise for Colin Klein to leave leave your alma mater that had been having success is this a uh sometimes we see coaches leave because of circumstances and circumstances are you just lost your three-year starter quarterback in will howard who uh who just took off maybe he sees i don't know what we've got behind will howard right now or it's not that great is this one of those? Strike where, while the iron's hot. Exactly. Where they had the second best offense in the Big 12 this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the iron's hot. Got a chance to be uh, making over a million, I'm sure. I, I would think it's it's pretty pretty far north of a million, yeah. yeah. Um, new coach. Just It's I, just an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting move. It yeah. really is. A um, little bit surprising, but... Um, it might be like what you're talking about. Iron's hot. Let's let, we got to take advantage of this now. I see my numbers dipping next year. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, you know what you got returning. Sure, coaches, coaches absolutely yeah. have a feel for that kind of thing. That's the whole reason that that Christy Curry, uh, what was that, eleven, twelve years ago now at Texas Tech, she had she left. She had a lot of seniors on the team. And they underperformed that that particular year. But, I mean, the cupboard was going to be completely bare the next year. So instead of playing... And no for, transfer portal stockpile. Right. And instead of being on, a, being on the hot seat the next year in Texas Tech, she ups and leaves for Alabama. Which, is she still there? I think she might be. Well, crazy. that, I have no idea. Um, Derek Mason, also uh, another guy that took a job yesterday former Vanderbilt coach, uh, was a defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State for one year and decided to, um, I guess, rest and recharge. And he's recharged because he's now the head coach at Middle Tennessee. Wow. Didn't take long. Didn't take long. One uh, year out, and then he's in. Uh, yeah, Christy Curry, still the head coach really? of Alabama after all these years. Huh. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. She went there and 
Very little pressure, I would guess, to be the Alabama women's basketball head coach in terms of uh, forced to win. You probably have a pretty low floor to meet where it's like, uh, just get to the tournament every so often. Just don't have terrible losing seasons. The, the baseline for that job, because of all the focus on on the men's sports, to be honest, is probably pretty low. Here's some differences between Mr. Coach Prime and Derek Mason. Oh, boy. Mason says he held an impromptu team meeting last night to tell each one of the Middle Tennessee players that they are valued, and he wants them to be a part of what they're trying to do. Um, the other, <laughs> It's a big difference to begin the with. The other example was... Y'all better hit that portal. <laughs> hey, y'all hit that portal right now. Uh, Mark says y'all need to fire choice already. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't say anything that bad in the first segment. What we've done there with choice, now you fire them right away because of accountability. Yeah. Hmm. It was like, hey, woman, get up there to the attic and get that <laughs> Christmas tree. No, no, no. That, that's what it was. I said the... The job of getting the Christmas tree up is more for the the women. And Hey, woman, get no, up there. No, <laughs> I'm always the one that has to go fetch the Christmas right. tree. Hey, woman, put this tree up. <laughs> oh, yeah. While you're stirring my, <laughs> my uh, chili. No, it's while I'm out here for the eight hours. Making the cornbread. Make sure you get that tree up, woman. It's while I'm out here for eight hours on the roof. This <laughs> is... You could put the tree up, which actually my wife didn't even put the tree up this year. Yeah, she did. She did. Neil helped quite a bit. Uh, glad to hear the dragging Lazarus mm. will be doing burnouts once again. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> when I get it, we are going to go for a spin. Going hog wild, huh? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna rev it up on the Sharpa Bond or something. Look out. Uh, let's see. Job of my woman is making sandwiches in the kitchen. Hey, your name signed to that, but for your health, I'm not going to say who you are. It's on the chat line if you want to go read. Uh, go NC State, beat K-State. Thanks for te- texting in, Clint. It's not signed, Clint, but it's his burner. NC State 42, K-State 12. Bowl prediction. All right. There you go. How about Seth Dagey to Marshall? Yeah, we mentioned that yesterday. Um, that's another uh, leech guy that will be a, a coordinator somewhere. Very crazy to see the the branches off of that coaching tree and how widespread it is all over college football now. Keep hitting us up. We will uh, continue to get some of your thoughts. Unfortunately, Hacks will have uh, company on the tiny wheel coming up. First ever double wheel. Two wheel spins. Next. It's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. On to hour number two. It's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Brought to you, as always, by Happy State Bank. Alongside Jeff Haxton, I'm Choice Woodman. Luke Swipe back behind the glass, handling us. Keep the uh, thoughts and commentary rolling in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll get to some portal updates here in the second hour in a little bit, including Tyler Shuck uh, landing with the Louisville Cardinals. 
Interesting move there. Um, we will get back to some basketball thoughts. Uh, some new NFL MVP odds that are fairly interesting. You think these guys, a lot of them are on a quest just to cover each region of the United States. They start on one end, <laughs> they go to the middle, and so, then they move to another coast. So Shuck's going to get hurt, play four games, have another medical red shirt year, and then go Syracuse. all the way east. Yeah, yeah be a Syracuse or so He'll cover every... But so you're, that, uh, seriously, he's only played in three time zones so far. You're looking at Dylan Gabriel, uh, UCF, Oklahoma, and then possibly Oregon. Yeah. I mean, that would be... Seriously, coast, middle coast. Are you even cool if you haven't played in uh, at three different schools? You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> three different schools, for real. Like that, That's kind of your uh, prereq at this point for being a, a true senior. Mm-hmm. You got to be at three schools. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll dabble in the portal potty in a little bit. But right now, a day later than normal, but... First one for basketball. It's time for a little uh, Tears of 12 action. Tears of 12! You got it or me? You go ahead. Okay. I got it, but go ahead. Okay, well. Do you got it? I got like six tears. I couldn't. I got three tears. I couldn't break it down any any better. So I'm starting with uh, these teams stink here. There's two of them. That's Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Those teams are just not any good this year. Okay. Don't don't think that they're going to be good. Uh, I got a single team in the next tier at 12, and that's UCF, which is, uh, well, your record looks good, but you're not going to be any good tier. Okay. Here's the uh, undefeated pretenders tier. At 11, Cincinnati. At 10, TCU. I'm still not buying them. Okay. Number nine, BYU. Though they're starting to sell me a little bit more. The next Whoa, BYU's that far down. Yeah. They're like uh two nine. in the net. Okay. Yeah. I got it. They're they're nine. I think eventually I'm I'm kind of projecting on my tiers a little bit. Um the next tier for me. So I had uh BYU nine. Uh next tier is Bubble tournament teams. Actually, I think these are, are going to be tournament teams. I've got Tech at eight. I got Iowa State at seven, and then Kansas State six. The next one are decent undefeated teams. That's OU five, Texas four, and I still don't feel good about that. I think that one's going to drop off too. And then true conference title contenders: three Baylor, two Houston, one Kansas. Okay. I was all over the place. You you need to clean it up for me a little all bit. All right. Okay. Three tiers. Um the you're not any good tier is <clears throat> Oklahoma State dead last. Okay. West Virginia. UCF. So we're the same Cincinnati. So our bottom four are the same. Middle, who knows, tier. I mean, could jump, completely change by next week. Sure. Uh, could be pretenders, could be contenders. TCU, Iowa State, K-State, Tech. I'm giving Tech some credit for you playing are. some real teams. You are. 
and they have played. I mean, you look four of them. You look yeah. at Cincinnati. I, I look, just had their schedule up. Yeah, it's not a lot so far. They just haven't played a soul. They're seven and zero, but it's nobody. What is their net right now? It's got to be really low. Um, Texas would be one, two, three, four, I think five, six. six. Yeah. Um, I've got OU leading off the top tier hmm. uh, at five. I think Porter Mosier is heck of a coach, obviously, and has put together a really good team. I got BYU buying it. You are buying. Fourth, Baylor three, Houston two, KU one. I'll tell you, the, the biggest bias for the BYU for me right now is just hearing it from their own people. So when we were in Provo, there was a lot of nervousness about playing in the Big 12. And this year in particular, just when you get to the league play, there were people that just don't know how this team's going to stack up. Now, this is probably a hotter start than they anticipated and maybe even a better team, but th- there's some nerves there of playing in a real league. Now, I think for all four of those new teams, it is going to be a giant smack in the face. BYU, uh, Cincy, UCF, even Houston. Now, Houston's got legit talent, but they Houston hadn't had to play through the gauntlet of the Big 12. They have not had to grind no. like they're about to grind. It's just like the Gonzaga conversation we've had in the past. If they ever were to hop to a big league, why would you hop to a big league? Because they've never had to grind through it. They've got the benefit of the doubt forever with Logo, and they do well in non-conference. They get credit for that. But once you get to league play when everybody's beating up everybody, they haven't had to deal with it. Houston has not had to go through that. The Americans are good basketball league but it's nothing like the big 12 so i think all four of those teams are going to be in for a rude awakening and i think that's what's going to separate houston um from maybe even baylor and kansas eventually and winning a league title i think they're probably going to finish top three but we'll see it's going to change a ton Absolutely. oh it will change so much yeah there'll be a lot of movement on it uh by the way just announced it's official i think we knew this was official anyway but uh, Bronco Mendenhall is the new coach of New Mexico. It's amazing to me that that job got that much attention. I know there's not a lot of jobs, but that that's a tough job. Yep. And it's thought of out there as a basketball school, even though they've dropped off there too. But, uh, yeah, former BYU and Virginia coach Bronco Mendenhall is the guy. And we say that because Matt Wells, I think, was probably the runner-up. Did Mendenhall play there? No. You sure? No. But I don't. I've been wrong about Again, <laughs> I get in these fights with Clark, and every time I say something, he's like, no, I think it's this. No, I think it's this. He's right. <laughs> he's right. So I there's a good chance I'm wrong. But I don't think he played there. No, did not. Started at Snow College. That's in Utah. And played at Oregon State. So. Okay, he's a he's a northwestern guy. Yep, not anymore. So he's a southwestern guy. No, yep. so Bronco Mendenhall at New Mexico. Someone's got to turn it around, but they've they've faced some pretty low lows there. He's not not picking up the program as low as who's the guy from Notre Dame that took that job? I don't remember. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll dig it up. 
Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Moving on to our number three. It's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Brought to you, as always, by Happy State Bank. Alongside Jeff Haxton, I'm Choice Woodman. Got Lucas White across the way taking care of us. Keep hitting us up. Whatever thoughts, comments, questions you may have, bring those in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line through the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Uh, we will get back to uh, some more of that. So we have our college football playoff set. No matter how you feel about it, it is, uh, it's there. We went over these at the midweason, midseason point. Whatever the heck the midweason is. Uh, we each predicted a college football playoff four. And uh, just recapping these to, you know, make fun of ourselves a little bit. Hacks, you got a grand total of uh, zero, correct? Lucas, you also got a grand total of one, actually. And I was probably the wrongest of everybody. <clears throat> wrongest in the word, but paints the picture. Hacks went Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame, and then you had USC beating Georgia in the national championship. Your, yeah. Yours was pretty wrong, but <clears throat> again, uh, Lucas is the only one. We had 12 tries here, and Lucas is the only one that got one correct. One out of 12. Uh, he had Ohio State, Alabama. There's the correct one. And then he had Georgia beating USC in the championship game. I had... <laughs> Minor, a little further off. I had Tennessee, Utah, <laughs> and Ohio State beating Clemson in the national championship. Boy. <clears throat> these didn't uh, oh, go. Oh, brother, these guys stink. Yeah, those didn't go quite as, as planned. Which I actually like. That I mean, it's not super predictable because there have been a lot of years where the the college football playoff has been extremely predictable. And uh, this year wasn't as predictable. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have said a 13-win ACC champion would be would be left out of the playoff. Wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, someone asked a little bit earlier, portal potty update. They didn't put say potty, but we can... We can effort to uh, update you on that. Two more names from the uh, Red Raiders going in the portal as of yesterday. Again, if you have any that we haven't seen, you you're more than welcome to uh, to let us know. Uh, one was Tyler King, who was a backup receiver. Uh, he goes into the portal with four years of eligibility left. So Tyler King was not pleased with redshirting this year, apparently. Um, I believe he was actually a four-star out of high school. Just never sniffed the field this year. Never. I don't know. He may have played at some point. I don't know. Can't remember a time that he did even in a blowout. So Tyler King, a receiver. So he becomes your fourth receiver to hit the portal. And this one a little more surprising, but I don't know the context of it. Uh, Brooks 
Honoré, I believe is how you say his name, your backup punter from this season went in the portal yesterday with three years of eligibility left. The reason I say it's a little interesting is because my guess is he would have been in line next because Austin McNamara is done after this year, but I don't know, maybe Tech has another guy coming in where they're like, hey, you're probably not going to play with this guy. So uh, Brooks Honore, punter, and Tyler King. So for those of you keeping count, you have four offensive linemen, four wide receivers, uh, one defensive back, and one punter that have hit the portal, which is a grand total of 10 guys, if I'm correct. Still not a large amount comparative to a lot of uh, locations. And right Shuck landed at Louisville. Yes, that's the other thing. Shuck is is going to play at Louisville. Has a quarterback. I don't even know what their situation looks like there. Um, I, I, I got the senior kid that's graduating, but don't know what's behind him or anything else. I'm guessing Shuck did not go to be in a competition for a job, though. This is probably a coach saying, hey, this is your job coming in. Um, don't run. Uh, Shelly says, wow, wrongest of wrong, Waco. One of us women could have done better than that. <laughs> Golly, Shelly. You act like I said something like way off the rails. No, I'm not even going to. No. Uh, Lindell Jeff says, my dogs, Mike and Steve, Great Pyrenees. <laughs> My mom had a cat named Mrs. Ramirez because that's the old lady from church who passed away and left it to her. Okay. She lived on. We we had a cat named John Henry. He's a good cat. Man. Picked it up off the road. We have too many animals get run over. Um, But John Henry, you know what that was named after? Not the uh, fairy tale. I guess it's not a tall tale. I guess is what a John Henry was. John Henry Gonzalez. It was. <laughs> John Henry Gonzalez, the pitcher for Texas Tech. Oh, my gosh. He didn't do a thing. No. Why would you do that? Because the cat was a kitten when John Henry was a freshman, and he was pretty good as freshman year. Oh, he, he was kind of good. Well, he showed some signs. I'm like, all right, this guy's going to be pretty good. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't do He didn't thing. end up doing a lot. But the name. I like the name John Henry. So... John Henry Gonzalez was what that that cat was named after. I mean, it's better that better that than than uh, Sneed naming his cat after Tuberville. <laughs> he named one Tubbs after Tuberville. I think he just named him after Paul Tubbs. Oh, that's a much better option, Mr. President. Much better option there. I miss the Homer. How many beers are you gonna have tonight, Homer? Well, that's <laughs> so good. We need it, like, on tape just yeah. to play it yeah. I'm tape. thinking I'm, there's going to be some basketball on tonight. I'm thinking I'm going to have about 12 <laughs> beers. There's going to be some basketball. Hex is going to preview that, preview that for us. But uh, y'all think I collect some weird stuff. There's been some talk in the past of, you know, Beanie Babies collected and and uh you know 600 something dvds at our house and we do hoard and collect probably too much of tons of baseball cards stuff like that i come nowhere close to this florida man who is attempting to amass 1 million copies of the titanic 
on VHS. <laughs> this is his goal. Why? There were 25 million tapes in circulation, VHSs. Do you think there's a million still remaining? We have one at my house. <laughs> Which the, you might begin to call. The, the Titanic is the double. You know, it was too long, so it had to be on two different VHSs. Jeez, man. So this guy is trying to put together one million copies of Titanic on VHS, which is one twenty-fifth of the copies that have existed. That's just nuts. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is time for Ask the Benchwarmers. Bring the questions in. Several in. We've got a couple left over from yesterday we didn't get to. So you got questions. Get those in as quickly as possible. Yates Flooring Center chat line uh, on Twitter at 107 The Score or uh, Dallas Up on the Visual Edge IT hotline 806-771-0973. He's Jeff Haxton. I'm Choice Woodman, Lucas White. Across the way, questions for any and all of us are welcome. But before the questions, a little bit of news per sources. That is uh, coming out for scheduling purposes next year. If you're one of those per- people not like yeah. hacks that likes to get on your uh, things way early and well, I just flights early. I was kind of wondering. I figured that we had heard we would have heard something uh, about this by now. But Texas Tech is slated to be the fourth team in the 2024 Legends Classic. This is according to College Hoops today. Okay, we'll be joining Syracuse. Texas and St. Joe's. Syracuse, Texas, and St. Joe's. This year was Auburn, St. Bonaventure, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. That is very interesting because something you and I just had a light bulb on in the in the break is, oh yeah, Texas isn't in your league next year, so you technically could play them. This isn't like the the college showdown baseball thing where you get three big 12 teams and they won't play against each other. Technically you could play Texas. And my guess is that you won't, but you never know. Can't rule it out. Can't, can't rule it out. No, that's, it's still a possibility. So that's very interesting. Plus Syracuse, that'd be a cool, and you're going up against the true basketball school there and St. Joe's another good one. Um, all right. So if you're trying to set your, Let's see what this is. Uh, I guess this was Thanksgiving. Trying to look. yeah, it November. Was a little bit before. It was before. This is so the dates this Ooh, year. Were, I may get no, a Thanksgiving at home. November sixteenth and November seventeenth. Come this on year. with it. That's a whole week before Thanksgiving. So if you're looking to make your plans, um, heading to to this MTE that will be in New York City, or I guess Brooklyn, uh, you can. You can uh, start planning ahead. Wow. Very interesting there. All right. Lots uh, on the chat line. Uh, let's start with yesterday's question from Bullfighter. Benchwarmers, if a high-caliber quarterback wanted to come to Tech, like Dylan Gabriel or Kyle McCord from Ohio State, would you take them over Morton to play next year? It's a good question. An interesting one. I still personally believe in in Baron Morton's upside when healthy. So I would not. And maybe that's a dumb thing to say. Because Dylan Gabriel proved more on the field than Baron Morton did this year. Uh, Kyle McCord, they 
They seem to not like him too much up in in Ohio for whatever reason. Yeah, I I think it'll be telling about what you have on campus and what you expect to have on campus if you go and make a move like that. I don't think they will make a move like that. I don't think so either. But what if those quarterbacks sought you out mm -hmm, for whatever reason? Mm -hmm. Do you tell them no? Well, you have to deal with the ramifications of of the feelings of the guys that are already committed to you and that have already played. Because remember, you did entertain Quinn Ewers when he was – out there remember yeah, he yeah. he came to campus and yeah um and you knew you had both of those guys tyler shuck and baron morton still on campus but you you gave him a visit and had discussions so i think as a coach you do your due diligence if they are seeking you out but i don't think you actively look for them that's how i would approach it if i'm mcguire in that situation but that's a tough one because there's not a more tender uh, or touchy position than, than quarterback because it's the only position on the field that you don't really rotate. And there's ones that you rotate less, but it's the only one where the only reason you're rotating is if you've got play that's subpar or injuries. And if things go the way they should from game one to game 12, you've got the same quarterback the whole way. So that's why it's so touchy. Um, Y'all think this football staff is diving into the portal right now? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 100%. They're on it as we speak. Yeah. They're they're definitely in it and on it. That's one of the most peculiar things about the timing of this bowl game. Just think about the month of December for these guys. Yeah, it's the madness. Because the recruiting period's open. If you look on Twitter and stuff, you see our our assistant coaches bouncing around everywhere right now. You're probably now. re-recruiting some of your guys. You're, yeah. Yeah. You've got a, a signing day that comes up four days after the bowl game on December 20th, which is really weird timing. But the portal opened on the 4th. You're dealing with recruiting guys that are already on campus. Probably it, asking some to go bye-bye. Yeah, you're having to have meetings, the the timing of this. And you're having to squeeze bowl practices in and trying to win a football game. Because you may think, ah, this football game doesn't matter that much. And ultimately... It, it probably doesn't, but man, the the illusion, the the look of a seven and six versus yeah. a six and seven is a, is kind it's of a big massive. deal. It really is. The difference in a Perception. winning season and a losing season is a big deal. So you need to go win this football game. And right now, Texas a three point favorite over Cal. So the busyness of the, the schedule, I can't even fathom right now for for what the coaches are doing. Um. Benchwarmers, do we know what bowl games the Big 12 will go to the Big 12 after the Pac-12 goes away next year? They haven't announced any of that stuff. I mean, you can speculate. Bowl tie-ins, yeah, that's hard to figure. Like, you know that the Pac-12 plays against the Big 12. Does the Holiday Bowl still exist? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, Caleb Williams is sitting out. USC's playing. Oh, yeah. Um, So the Pac-12 bowl games... There's there's quite a few of them. Like now the main ones, like your big ones, like the, the Rose Bowl will be part of the college football playoff next year. So that really doesn't matter that much. Um, other The Holiday Bowl probably would fit right back to to the Big 12. It's just amazing how far, far that fell. It used to be prestigious. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're one of the Holiday Bowl. Awesome. 
I did. And now it's like, hey, it's like the seventh choice. So Pac-12 bowl tie-ins, uh, Alamo Bowl, you're already playing in that, so that'll go somewhere else. The Las Vegas Bowl, decent chance you could pick that one up because you're the next furthest west conference. So, Sun? No, big conference, sorry. Oh, you're saying Sun Bowl? Yeah, that is one. That's eight. So Las Vegas is Big Ten versus Pac-12. Sun Bowl's ACC versus Pac-12. You could absolutely pick the Sun Bowl up. Wouldn't be surprised at that. Holiday Bowl, wouldn't be surprised. The L.A. Bowl is currently Mountain West versus Pac-12. So two of them you play in, in uh, Alamo and Independence Bowl. The others are all up for grabs. So I, I don't know how the tie-ins will work, but you're going to have 16 teams, so you need an expanded bowl uh, pool there next season. Right now you have seven bowl tie-ins for the Big 12, and nine teams got in this year. you got to think, in a normal year, you're probably going to get 10 teams out of 16 in bowl games. So I would think you probably pick up uh, about three of those games in the future. But we'll see. Interesting question there. Um, yeah, I hadn't even thought about bowl tie-ins. That, that is interesting. Uh, T-Money says Pac-12 does not go away for two years, and you can bet Mountain West Conference members will join into the Pac-12 brand. It's worth more than the Mountain West Conference brand. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, there is some, I don't know, <laughs> that's, that's speculation for another time, but there's a, the, the two PAC 12 members apparently have, are not going to let this go extinct easily. Then why, why would they, they, they shouldn't yet. Uh, is Taj staying? I hope he doesn't. A running back's legs have an expiration date. I think you're probably the only person. And this is our Baron Morton hater too on the chat line. Uh, that says they don't want Why Taj back. Why would you not want Taj back? If given the opportunity that we have an early Christmas, right? Let's let's have an early Christmas <laughs> gift here on December 6th. And that Christmas gift is, hey, I'm all in and I want to do one more year at Texas Tech. You should go crazy for that. Yeah, Taj. There is an expiration date on running backs, but it's not like he's 30. Yeah. Yeah, that's, this guy's in the prime of his life. If Taj Brooks wants to come back, you welcome him with open arms. And it sounds like just rumors or whatever, that that's not as far-fetched, far-fetched as it once was. There may be a possibility he he hey, could come back. In today's world, world of NIL, anything's yeah. possible. Yep, yep. All right, there was a couple more questions, but once again, we're out of time, so we'll, we'll do it again tomorrow. Hacks, go get us a dub tonight. All right. That's Jeff Haxton. For him, for Lucas, I'm Choice. It's been the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score. Bottom line's next. This has been the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 107thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.